0: Each piece, each step is a lesson that you're gonna learn and you'll be able to hold into your toolbox. So when you get in that perfect place, or you get in that place where you can actually turn all the way on, you're ready to go. Cause you got a bunch of lessons in your box.
1: Take a little break from the crazy, try to calibrate. Every day seem to be hazy, I see dope. Everybody sick with obsession, it's how to navigate. Take your baggage out of my space, I need room. Reset. New World Order, Reset, New World Order. Okay, we are live. Thank you to everybody for tuning in to this edition of the Stir Crazy Podcast. I'm your host, JP Reynolds. And listen, y'all, listen, we got a good one tonight. We got a really good one. I, I must say, you know, this whole month we've been having music conversations, Black History Month. I've been focusing on music-oriented conversations, people who've been in fields and careers that are oriented towards music, because that's what I love so much. We've had some artists on, tonight we have somebody very special, I'm going to introduce him in a second. This is big boss energy tonight, good people. And as a music artist myself, an entrepreneur, a person who really likes to have his hands in different pots, I'm excited. I'm excited tonight for my guest. His name is Benny Pugh. Benny Pugh is a music executive and he's been doing that at a very high level for the better part of 30 years. Listen, this is somebody special y'all, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, (laughs) Uh, he's behind a bunch of your favorite hits and your favorite artists. I mean, this is a person who's run the gamut from being a music intern, being a street team person to being the president of Rock Nation Records was the former president of Rock Nation, currently the CEO of Diverse Media, and we're going to chop it up tonight. Benny, thank you for pulling up to the podcast. And just to kick it off, man, I just, where are you? How are you? Have you been drinking water? What's going on with you?
0: So let me tell you, JP, I couldn't have paid for a better intro than that, bro. So <laughs> I'm, I'm super excited that you excited, and I feel real good that, you know, i um, you're doing your thing man I want to thank you for for bringing me here to share time with your audience and and just get into whatever it is you want to talk about but most importantly, yeah, I'm drinking water man i'm you know you got to stay hydrated that's the only thing that's gonna fight all the stuff out here man is good health man listen you got to stay focused on 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 you right and and making sure that you feed in the body and the mind and the soul mm-hmm. because if you don't bro you just left to the elements and whatever else comes along with it when it gets dark. So yeah, lots of water.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Keep the skin glowing. You know what I'm saying? Keep the melanin tight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You've you've been such a, a stalwart music executive leader uh for such a very long time. And you know, when you read your resume, when you read your journey, your music journey, it's literally like textbook for preparation. You went to school and you studied for, for marketing and for mass communication. And then you got right into the music industry and you literally just worked your way up. And I mean, I'm a I'm a cat who has bounced around in different industries and spaces. So I always respect and honor folks who've taken that journey. And the thing that I would love to hear from you is your thoughts on, on preparation in this relationship to leadership.
0: It's a great question. Uh, I definitely don't want to... Um make myself to be um, you know this perfect citizen and had the plan all chiseled out i had an idea and the idea was was success right and however success came from and that was part of my creation of my book on impact right which actually takes you through my life from 11 years old to now being on the stir crazy podcast right And, (laughs) and all the elements in between With uh, it's an inspiration, motivational book that gives you my journey, you know, from 11 years old to this point in 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 my life, right? And and impact is an acronym for intuition, mastery, positioning, authenticity, communication, and teamwork.
1: Hmm. And
0: the book was birthed out of a near death car accident, which I hit a tree at 90 miles an hour in 2014, August 31st, which changed my life both literally and figuratively. And that's where the book came from. But I would say early on in my life, at about five years old, my mother gave me some really good principles, right? And mm. I think that's what's most important is, is is making sure you nurture the seeds, right? And, and give all of the foundation and give the right fertilization and the right sun and water, right? The perfect mix of that.
1: Yeah. And my
0: mother taught me discipline about money at five. I had a Christmas club back then. You could, you know, the bank, it was a hustle. You get older and you start understanding finance. So you would actually deposit each week money. They had different denominations. You could get a 50 cent Christmas club, a dollar Christmas club, $3, $5, $10, $20. And I think the max was $50. So each week, if you think about it, um, you'd go down and you would deposit money up until the week before Christmas. And then they would actually give you your money back with a little bit of interest. So in essence, you was building into the banks profits and benefits, right. Holding your money for them to redistribute, right. Invest out. And then ultimately you feel satisfied that you found the mechanism now to save your own money to buy Christmas gifts. Hmm. And from there, you know, looking at, at that early, early lesson showed me how you have to pay yourself first. Mm -hmm. Important to, to know that, you know, your spirit is first, Hmm. Right, your family is is equally as important. Your God trumps all, and then you need to know how you want to live this life and pursuing it. Yeah, from an economic standpoint.
1: Yeah, for sure. Those are the early days. Yeah, the early days. Yeah, you said a lot in there, and especially I want to get to some of the stuff you talked about just then. Even like being young, and first thing I'm thinking about is like, where did you develop your ear? You're behind some of our favorite artists, some of the biggest songs we've had, especially over the last couple of decades, and. You have to have an ear for that, right? And I'm like, what did you listen? What was you listening to at age 11? What was in your car when you was going to church at, at, at that young age? Like, what was going on?
0: So Otis Redding, Philly International, you know, uh, Confunction. yeah, Lionel Richie and the Commodores, okay, uh, Diana Ross. So heavy soul is mm. is the genesis of music. And you think about it when I was with with my children, and it's different now with production people produce music off of beats or samples, right? Mm-hmm. So with my kids, if you listen to a record like I Want You by Marvin Gaye, which is a classic, mm-hmm. you play it, you'll hear all the different instruments that actually were being played on the song. Yeah. So as I grew into music or was exposed to music in a professional aspect, it would have had to have been the early surroundings of my Father and my mom's playing gospel that gave the roots for me as I grew into my own to hear certain records and see certain people as they reacted and their passion in delivery of the music
1: yeah, that's real the passion there, and like you clearly have a passion for this, like you said earlier you had a you had a story, you had a goal you wanted for yourself, which was success, and I'm just like well. Why music, right? Like what was it that brought you to music to achieve that goal of, of success? So, you,
0: you started earlier in, the, in this discussion. And if you think about it, like for me it was, it, work was paramount, right? And I, and I didn't realize early what exactly my career course was gonna be. And most of us don't, and it's okay mm-hmm. to figure it out because each piece, each step is a lesson. That you're going to learn and you'll be able to hold into your toolbox. So when you get in that perfect place, or you get in that place where you can actually turn all the way on, Mm. you're ready to go because you got a bunch of lessons in your box. Mm. For me, I fell into the music industry. I was a comic during college, I worked four jobs. Oh. Uh, I um, went to school, drove limos, did security, and also did stand up. So the promoter, local promoter for Motown Records, she booked me for a show at this place, the cellar on 96 in Amsterdam. And at the end of the show, asked me what I was doing. I hadn't even written my resume at that point. So she's like, why don't you come down and be my intern? So when I went down to the office, small town office, at that point, I might have had 20 jobs prior to that. So, and I was a salesman. That, that was, that was my gift selling. Mm. So I went down in uniform. Right, a three piece suit, anti shake case, wingtips to a record company. And everybody was looking at me like I was crazy. <laughs> like, who, who is this cornball herb? Right? right. Like, nobody does that all day, every day. Right. And I got the internship on which, guess what? No one ever told me coming up, growing up, what an internship was. Mm. No, those kind of conversations from where we came from, where I came from, wasn't discussed.
1: Right, right. That right.
0: wasn't the aspiration. When you graduate or doing college, you know, you have to get an internship to get ready for corporate America. Well, we missed all of that. Mm. You figure out whatever the next step is. And so I got the internship post internship, right? I guess, because I was a graduate. Right. And uh, she finagled it for me to make $25 a week. I made $25 a week. And that's why I had to work three jobs. But realizing one day while I was processing her expenses and I hadn't, I didn't know what expenses were. Hmm. So as I was reconciling the expenses and that she would give me the, um, the check, the cross-reference, the money with what went out, not really knowing what I was doing, but I was very efficient in organization. I sheepishly went to her and said, I don't really feel comfortable looking at your paycheck. And she said, baby, this ain't my check. And I was like, what? She's like, these are the expenses. I'm like, well, okay, explain it to me. I had to ask because I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just correlating, processing, doing all I, I just had to ask. Right. So explain the expense thing. And she said, well, the company, they actually pay for my gas. They pay my car note. They pay my insurance. They pay my cable. They pay my phone bill. They pay for me to, to travel. They pay for the hotels. I said, what? Hmm. I was like, I want to do that (laughs) Mm. so at that point i became the uh, college promoter at motown records and i fell in love with music business the business of music Mm -hmm. at that point um the first time i ever put a record on the radio and realized like the ability to make stars Mm. back then people were able um to be made stars in a 12 week incubation period. Like yeah. you could go from literally being nobody to somebody in 12 weeks, which in current day, it happens in seconds, right? Like you can have a viral moment and, and it makes you quote unquote, air quote star, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not a musical star, but you can become a star, right? So that's all subjective in how you evaluate because you can't tell somebody what it is Cur- commercial made success. May not be artistic success, but popularity is, depending on how you weigh it. Yeah, ultimately, right. Yeah, and uh, that was that was the beginning of it for me. One seeing how the business work aspect of it worked, mm-hmm. and the power of, of radio, and and marketing to change people's lives. Yeah. is what, what really
1: turned turn the throttle up for me? For sure. I, I'm curious of, of what you think about that transition from like back in the day where you make a a star over a month, months long incubation period and how that's so different now, what that is, what that's doing to music, if that's doing anything in your opinion, right? Like, what do what are your thoughts on that? Just like the trajectory for music artists to become, you know, mainstays as opposed to being blips on the screen, as opposed to being stars that aren't necessarily music oriented. You know, I'm I'm curious of what you think about that. So the,
0: um, the audience dictates what they want. The appetite of of what they choose and deem. If you don't like the quality of the music. You probably never had a a, a choice as vast as you do today
1: mm-hmm. to
0: tune out and go find something else you like. Yeah. Right. So I don't I don't think that the choices of music are less, nor is the quality. I just think it's more. There's more music than ever before if you think about this 30,000 songs that are up- um uploaded every day right yeah, on crazy. the platform so it's it's far more difficult to really cut through the noise to find that talent but mm. the talent exists yeah. so what does that mean That means the individual who is seeking to live and die and breathe their dream mm. has to now understand the avenues and be efficient and proficient in the vehicles that get you exposed, whether if it's streaming, if that's your avenue, whether it's touring, whether it's merchandise, whether it's performances, whatever it is that's going to get you in front of the eyes of the people that can make the decision or what's even better, you can control your own narrative and stay independent. So ideally, it just comes down to how you own your fan base. And yeah. and now you have better opportunities than
1: ever before to be more direct with the consumer. Yeah, absolutely. Direct to consumer is really big right now. I want to talk to you about independence. You've had this career where you've been in the industry in a, you know, institutional way, right? You've been at record labels, the biggest record labels, you've reached the highest heights, right? In terms of being a music executive. And now you've entered this area of being independent. You've been building your own. And it's interesting you told that story from the book Impact about the Christmas earnings, right? So that gives me a little bit of insight for how you're thinking about it. But you've mentioned impact, you've mentioned success, you've even you mentioned your car, your car crash. And I'm wondering how all of those things or how all of those mindsets have informed your decision to bet on yourself. You say this, you say this like you want to, you bet, you're betting on yourself. And I'm curious as to how all of those things are floating around in the ether to, to inform you of betting on yourself with this, with, with your venture. Now it's, it's an exciting time in my life. I've always
0: betted on myself, even in corporate, mm. right? I, I, didn't, I didn't believe in, in taking the easy route. I believed in hard work, hard work is going to prevail. And, and sometimes people forget about mm. an in entertainment that because you're in entertainment is, 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 is there are different requirements and different habits. No, it's just you know indicative of the business that you're in, the way that that particular business may flow. But people work extremely hard to create success. And for me, I wasn't going to take the low road. I didn't want to just be in in the uh, excitement end of the business. I wanted to really understand and and process and work extremely hard. And during the process of going from one company, which I started in Motown, and then um, left there and went to Perspective Record, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis's label.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, left there and went to um, Arista and lived in Washington, DC, which was uh, an exciting time. That's when all of the bad boy music was breaking. You know, mm-hmm. Took Biggie on the road, took Craig Mack on the road, um, took Monica on the road, was the first one to put her, her record uh, mm-hmm. on the radio. Uh, Left there and then went to MCA and moved to the West Coast and lived there for seven years and was excited about the repertoire that was signed to the label. Casey and JoJo All My Life came out of that time that Mm. I was there. Uh, Shanti's Got a Man. Uh, The Roots' first and only number one record with You Got Me. Commons, Mm. The The Light with with, uh, Macy Gray, his first and only number one record, promoted and marketed that as well. And Shaggy, it wasn't me. So it, it gave me uh, an opportunity, um, you know, to get uh, an understanding of what the West Coast was about. And then I came to Def Jam and, and left there, left MCA to come to Def Jam. And it was, it was an amazing period because in 2003, Def Jam was in a lull. And uh, when L.A. Reed walked in in 2004, there was a massive signing of incredible talent. And, you know, out of that run from 2004 to 2011, Neo, Jeezy, Rick Ross, Justin Bieber, Rihanna, um, Mariah, Emancipation on Mimi, you know, some, uh, Fab was doing that time period as well. And then I decided, like, you know what, Um, it's time to go, right? And this is when the label was, went from being in its valley to its peak. Mm. And, and in each instance through my career, I've always moved on at the peak because I always want to keep learning. Mm. So in essence, I never wanted to be stuck in a comfortable setting where I would stop growing or just be rested on my laurels and, of mm. you know, listening to what you might have become as opposed to, you know what, if you can, you can win a championship once, you can do it again, right? Rebuild the team and move on. And, uh, left there and went to Epic records, which got an opportunity to sign some incredible talent, which gave me a different set of chops, uh, brought future into the label, Yo Gotti and cash out. Mm-hmm. And it was really my education in the music business as a whole, being exposed to the back office, which very few African Americans get full totality of what the the scope of the business and seeing like we become very good department heads and have great opinions. Right. And, and, and we, we um, ascend. Right. But, but, but ultimately there are very few uh, African Americans that see the business from, from a bird's eye perspective and can manage the business of the music um, that are given those shots. So for me to get that look, and to be in that, I was super excited and, and left there and went to Rock Nation Music. We had some incredible uh, signings there, as well as you know forming EQ distribution. And then at that point, I thought about my career and said, like, at this time in my life, uh, I've created some amazing teams along the way. You've, you've put on hundreds of, of, of minority executives that are, are now growing and prospering in the business. Uh, have contributed in signings and marketing and promotion for some of the biggest artists in the world, right? So at this point, I decided um, I'm going to give a shot on my own. And you know, obviously, you know, all of the brands that I've worked for have been huge marquee brands. And everyone says, whenever I left, why would you leave there? Why would you leave there? Mm-hmm. Why would you leave there? Because it's all about the quest of of giving. Um, if if I'm able to go and start over, I'm able to give you a shot, give her a shot, give him a shot, bring new opportunities. Because ideally, I'm committed to to the growth of of, of executives and talent, and it's important to share. So that's why I find myself moving and betting on myself is easy to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. Have you have you experienced like a, any major differences between? I mean, because this this betting on yourself, I imagine, is a little bit different than betting on yourself in a corporate space. Is that true? Is that even true? Do you think? Is of
0: course it is. of Of course it is. It's and it's not for everybody. Yeah. Right. Everyone can't do indie, and everyone can't work corporate. Mm. And that's why you have to know your vision. You have to know your question. What works for what works for me Mm. may not work for you. You stepping outside of corporate, that might not be the right timing, and especially without a plan. I didn't only just do music for the last 20 years. I've been invested in real estate. So I also have a parallel company that supports me and gives me the freedom to be in a position to bet on myself. And everyone may not have that. Right, right, right. So, but what's really important is for you to identify and back into your vision, know your exit. And the exit is ultimately, who am I? Where do I want to go? What do I want to be? And what brings me happiness? Mm. If it's only about chasing checks, man, you're going to be unhappy. Mm. Because I've lived that that life collecting cans while working in jobs, right? Mm. As an intern at Motown Records, I was collecting cans Mm. at $25 a week, coming in on the weekend, picking up my cans, putting them in the back of my pinto, going to the dispenser to go get that money. But it was all about the end goal. Being successful. And success is measured differently for all of us. Success to me is different for you, different for her, different for us. So while you're running your race, you're able to get to
1: your finish line.
0: If you start running someone
1: else's race, you may never finish. Mm. I mean, what I'm hearing is this encouragement to identify your why, identify your own passion set, identify your own vision, and live into that regardless of how anybody else may identify that lean in <laughs> yeah you gotta you gotta jump into your own your own journey and experience your own process that's good that's really good thank you for that i, I do want to talk about the real estate the art ownership equity because you know that's something that you're involved in as well and I'm, i mean i'm curious as to how you got into it why you got into it it's interesting right your media is diverse media you've had your hands in these different pots probably what i would guess is in the name of the success vision that you have for yourself but yeah what's what's behind that what has your approach been what was your journey to being in that space as well humility so
0: the real estate piece is interesting because i grew up in a five family house and saw the value of a real estate my my parents my mother worked at the post office my father he was more equivalent to the black Magaba, Like he could repair and do anything. Mm. Super brilliant, hands-on, like tear things down, put them together. The house that we lived in, we lived on the fifth floor and the woman who owned the home decided that she was going to go move back to Kansas. So at that point, she gave my parents the opportunity to purchase the home and she held the paper. And holding the paper means she, she owned the house outright so she, in essence, became the bank. She owned the home. So now she, the debt was, uh, for my parents, she she controlled it. So my mom, uh, working at the post office, had benefits for for the family. And my father gave him the freedom to just, you know, be Ben, right? Live his life, <laughs> right? Freedom. Mm. Um, be there with his kids. You know, uh, enjoy what life had to offer we uh, ultimately moved from the fifth floor down to the first floor. And what it showed me was the value looking at my dad, just the freedom. Like he was never, he was never stressed. My mom was never stressed. He was able to like live his life because the house produced income, right? We lived on the first floor. The other four units brought in the money, right? And so therefore, That was a regular and it brought in real money. In essence, where was the value? The value was for you know the kids to have a parent to be there with them, as well as the freedom to move how you choose. So ultimately, when I started in the record business, I decided, since there was no salt and pepper hair black men moving around, that I wasn't gonna get a retirement package. So I was gonna have to create my own. Wow. So I committed all of my, my bonuses, you know, my discipline in saving to purchasing. Every year I buy something, you know, I first bought a a condo in Englewood, New Jersey, which was my first purchase to multi-families, three families, four families, six families, nine families, uh, 18 units. I actually at one point owned a whole city block and that all came from saving financing and, and moving forward with realizing that I need to have my own retirement in place and that no one is going to be able to do better for me
1: unless I earn and learn what I need to do for myself. At one point, did you start the, the real estate? You started that pretty early in your career, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Day one. And I know art ownership is a thing for you, too, in the same kind of vein. Is that a similar... What's the what's the story behind the art ownership? I actually would love to know, even just like I'm learning way more about the importance of debt. We've had a couple of episodes on the podcast that have been financially oriented, and it's like turning a dollar from one to two, that type of thing. Um, different people have different pathways to do that, but I'm I'm always been curious about the art ownership piece.
0: So so, so arts, watches, wine, cars, things that are that appreciate, traditionally depreciate, yeah, that appreciate. Right. So you just don't want to buy for the sake of buying people who are in art collectors or watch collectors. In essence, they're paying for valuable items that will appreciate as time goes on. Classics. Right. Right. So whatever is your eye or your artists or your vintage. Right. Uh, that that you feel sparks your interest is is really what what you pursue? And. Ultimately, how I got into a lot of the different lanes of of leisure is just asking questions and being invited in the right rooms. Mm-hmm. Being in the right room, you can ask the right question. And asking the right question, you can get a good education, right? And you can get a starting point on learning as you apply yourself to build yourself.
1: Yeah, for sure. Asking the right question is a, a huge piece. And you mentioned humility earlier. Humility and curiosity seem to be real important elements along your journey.
0: Of course, I don't have to, I don't, I don't have to be the biggest person in the room. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be right. You know, the right answer can, is gonna come from the right person in discussion. So ultimately, if you approach it that way, you're always open to receiving. When you close off, then all, the funnel gets tight and nothing can come in. And being a leader or a team builder, you, it becomes extremely difficult to inspire and motivate people if you're always right. Mm. If you're not listening. If you don't give people an opportunity. If you don't hear them. But there's nothing wrong with being able to make the, the hard decisions either. Mm. But it's how you
1: communicate it. Mm. I've always I've always uh felt like vulnerability wasn't enough of a element of leadership that was highlighted from leaders I've heard of, you know, just the societal understanding of leadership vulnerability and humility to me make the most sense for what leaders bring to the table i'm just like you yeah
0: ultimately uh people people are inclined to give givers Mm. i work hard for you you know ultimately figuratively i'll die for you Mm. Mm -hmm. those are the people that you want but they're vested in you Mm. so when they're vested in you you have to be truthful and you have to be honest yeah, and and that is what inspires mm. people to commit to your vision. Mm. But if it's, I mean, come on, we've all been there. You hate that that boss or that or that manager. Like you can't say nothing to him or her. Like for real. Like you know everything. Mm. Right? Mm. Like <laughs> like come
1: on. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Yeah, it's like it's so you Jesus. So really, you Jesus, right? right. Like you just <laughs> <laughs> right. Like I mean, at the end Man. of the
0: day you yeah. <laughs> you Jesus.
1: <laughs> nah, yeah, nah. We can't have that energy from the leaders. We, even, I mean, that's the thing, too. That's a misread of Jesus, right? Because Jesus wasn't even a know-it-all. Of course from, not. Jesus talked in questions, right? He's talking, yes. spoken parables, and asked a lot of questions. And you mentioned inspiring folks. I'm, I'm curious, what's inspiring you these days? Oh, man, just the freedom. Mm. Um, the music. I uh, signed an artist.
0: Her name is Paris Gatlin out of Jackson, Mississippi. She's very unique, you know hip hop is, is the number one selling genre of music in the world, but I found something special. It goes back to what you was asking earlier. Talent is talent. And so what was dropped to me in this segment of my life is something unique and different. Her tone is different. Her style is different. Her songs are different. So that's, what's captivated, um, my attention to diverse media. Also we're, um, ramping up, our distribution arm to bring in new artists as well. So we are, we are we're doing licensing deals. So artists have an opportunity to get all the resources of information that we have to offer, discussions, direction, and super excited about that as well.
1: That sounds really dope. I, I wanna I wanna shift a little bit because <laughs> you, you jokingly mentioned Jesus, right? Like in terms of that boss who knows it all. But I also know that faith has played a role in your journey. And uh I'm curious as to how how that's been, especially in, in an industry that, you know, as I've experienced it is, you know, just is what it is. It's sometimes very unforgiving, it's challenging, it's it's daunting. So I, I'm curious of how faith and even and really like the authenticity of that faith has played a role in your journey in, in uh, especially in the music industry.
0: So the music industry didn't change me. Mm. My mother instilled, important in me a true understanding, her and my dad, of who and what we are and what our value is. Mm. And ultimately, it's not about cheapening myself for people to accept who I am. So that was never a consideration in any environment um, that I'm in. And I'm okay with not getting what's not for me. Mm. <laughs> right? I'm okay with that. That's a good word. I'm okay with not having the success. I'm okay with not being invited at the party. I'm okay with not getting on the jet. I'm okay with all of that. Mm. If it's going to compromise my integrity. And that's what people who've gotten to know me in the business know what I stand for. I'm going to be unapologetically Benny Pugh. I'm going to be honest with it. So I'm not moving just because it's going to move me faster. Because I'm okay with the walk that I'm on.
1: I'm not running right now. I'm walking. Mm. And when I'm ready to run, I'll run. Right. There's that humility and vulnerability creeping in though too, right? That's that. That's <laughs> talked about earlier. That's that. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really good. I'm getting a whole mentoring session right now. <laughs> all, of your, all of your offers right now, man. <laughs> um, so, so on this podcast, I've talked a lot about, uh, obviously the last year has been crazy and Folks have been at home, they've been, you know, all types of challenges. Folks have had economic challenges, social challenges, mental health challenges, physical challenges, all the relational challenges, all of these different things that have been going on. And 2021 has been a little bit of a breather, right? It feels like we took a little bit of a fresh breath of air from most folks, but it also still feel crazy a little bit, at least from the perspective of a lot of folks I've been in contact with and been in communication with. So on this podcast, I've really, wanted to hold space for wellness but also joy especially for black folks right one of one of the things for me is that liberation is holding hands with how we experience joy for black folks especially in this in this world so in all of these conversations i've had i've always wanted to orient the conversation towards joy with the context of the backdrop of the last year and the pandemic and social unrest and political upheaval, all that stuff in the backdrop. So, you know, I, I gotta ask you, you know, how how are you? And you mentioned how you're being inspired these days from the art and the music and the things that you're continuing to build and the freedom that you're experiencing from making sure you've had your own retirement fund and all of that. But I'm wondering how, you know, how how you're experiencing joy these days.
0: Man, um, it's a great question. Starts with my family. This has been a time that I've never. I have three children.
1: Mm.
0: I've never had this quality of time Mm. with my family. The last thirty years of my life have always been the grind, right? And Mm. you take the vacations, you know. You might have the dinners, but when you're working at a high level, you give up a lot. Yeah, I don't. It's not that you're not committed to your family. Doesn't mean you don't love them your time is being split and shared with all uh, with a corporation
1: mm.
0: and the corporation, Dude. they don't love you back like that. Mm. They want what they want. Yeah. So this was the first time that I was able to spend the time with my family that I've never spent before ever in my life at this seven days, what? one month, <laughs> Wow. Six months? Wow, yeah. One year? Yeah. Just together? Yeah. Never, ever. And it doesn't matter what your financial situation is. And obviously, we have to understand that people who aren't in the best situation, we, we can't discount that thought of what it's like being with your family without. Because that's, that's a different context. But I've been without with my family meaning growing up. We've been on that side of not having. I've been there where we're wearing the same pair of shoes for a year straight, mm. right? I've been there with the mayonnaise sandwiches, right, with no meat. Yeah. So, mm. you know, the pandemic, Black folks have been in pandemics all their life. Listen, <laughs> so, listen. you know, we we pandemic trained. Right. So therefore, you know, the benefit of 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 this, this life shift was for me to get closer with my family and get closer with my God. Mm. So reading the Bible more regularly and daily, getting quiet and meditating, hiking in the woods and all the elements, rain, sleet, snow, that freedom brought it, right? Walking to be in line with the environment, right? And with my thoughts, that's what the pandemic thought too. Pull me in a position, if you think, right now, I am in an independent space.
1: Mm. And
0: this has probably been one of the best years of my life. Wow. Period. So, for me, looking at, at, at the pandemic, it's, it was a reset mm. to point me in the right direction of where I need to go. Because now, I'm anew. Mm. I'm, I'm all the way in in understanding of who and what I am and where I'm going. Mm. And ultimately, that's what's most important. So I think if we step back, right, and not, and not just think about listen, we have to acknowledge, unfortunately, the people who lost their lives, that's, that's horrible, yeah. right? Yeah. The people who lost their jobs, we have to pray for them and think about them. The people who are uncertain, where they're going to be a year from now. The people who've actually gone through, the, the who contracted the virus, right? That they're going to need all kinds of help and therapy and understanding. But what's most important right now is that we should all, because of what we've done, or a large percent percentage of us, is realize the minimalist lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to do what you used to do. You shouldn't run up out of this pandemic and jump right back into... The end of 2019 and the 2020. If you've done that, you've not learned anything. You've done nothing. So I think the perspective is it's given us an opportunity to figure out who we are, and what we want to be and be happy. Figuring out what the necessities are. Let's take it back to Little House on the Prairie, right? <laughs> you, you're a little young for that. Little House on the Prairie. You know what they did? Oh, and they yeah. did everything for themselves, yeah. right?
1: Right, right, right. They didn't
0: go. Yo, they didn't go get the tricked out
1: wagon, right? Right. <laughs> yo, they just had the wagon. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. right. Yeah. Nah. It's not what you're talking about. Sounds like alignment, folks. Getting more aligned and getting more in tune with what they're here for. Being more around family, like figuring out what is really important, and it sounds like that's something that you've experienced as well. Thanks for sharing that. You know, in the spirit of alignment, this this whole year has been wild for me. I mean, I am an independent music artist, right? So, I was on a couple of tours before the before the pandemic hit, and doing this podcast has brought a lot of light because it's revealed. It's helped me back up and say, you know, this is another way to add value. This is another way to give a give a thing. Because I think of my artistry as a gift, that this is something I'm, I want to gift. I'm a vessel. I want to channel it. I want to give it out, especially on stage, because for me, that's my bread and butter. But the podcast has been super helpful with like finding out that alignment. And there's a lot of artists like me, right? a lot of independent artists who are figuring out alignment after having a year where live shows stopped. A lot of the listening audience doesn't, doesn't necessarily have an ear for new music they want to be with familiar things so there's a lot of folks figuring out their their why or, or realigning or, or uh, reconfiguring their vision like we talked about a little bit earlier and i'm curious to hear from you as such as somebody with you know you've been a leader and a humble leader right a humble and what it sounds like authentic leader for such a long time i'm curious as to what you would say to an independent artist or a signed artist or any artist along the spectrum who is seeking that alignment right now, uh, especially with the music business as it is always ever shifting?
0: My first conversation would be what I what I normally have with with every artist that that comes into my office is I can't work harder for you than you gonna work for yourself, right? mm. and you need to know what you're great at. As you just stated, JP, you figured out right now as an artist, that that's not where you are. You figured out how to pivot to now get your voice out. You may come back, right, mm-hmm. and 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 pursue, be great. But right now, you decided and understand, here's another avenue. So if you started as an artist, but you're a better writer, start writing. Mm-hmm. If, if you're a writer and you realize you're a better producer, start producing and be true with yourself and understand where's my gift and how do I move now in this space? Because there is a time of reckoning on making hard decisions for yourself. For me as a comic is, <laughs> is good as I thought I was. It wasn't at the time when I needed to be great because mm. had I been great or the stars and the moon had a line right because there's a lot of things that comes into more than just being talented. Mm. And being talented get you in the game, but then there's everything else, right? A great team, a great manager, all of the essence of the discovery process. Because if it was only about you and your talent, then the most talented people would always be successful. Mm. But it doesn't work that way. So Realizing for anyone at this point that's pursuing this coming out of the pandemic, get your team together, be honest with yourself, know where you stand
1: and know your gifts. There it is. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I just want to express gratitude for, for you dropping all these gems on the podcast tonight with me. I'll be back on the book tour. And anybody who wants to check me out, BennyPew.com,
0: you know, add uh, Pew on all my socials. I'm here. <laughs> yep, you're here. You're here. We are here. Absolutely. I thank you for having me, man. And and you inspire me. Just listening, you know, um, closing my eyes, listening to what you're saying. I hear, I hear what your gift is. Because what's important right now is is information and communication. So JP, thank you for having me. This is an exciting time. I want you to keep pushing because I feel your spirit. I feel your energy. And it's important for you to keep moving us forward. If if we don't have a voice, your generation doesn't have a voice. We can't continue as a race, Mm. as as leaders. And it's it's incumbent on young men like you to help bridge who's in front of you and who's behind you. To pull us all together, so this is an important platform for you. So I need you to keep moving, and I'll be back with my book. (laughs) We got,
1: we got to get you back. We got to get you back.
0: I'll be back on my book, man. But, but I wanted to thank you for your time. Thank you for taking interest, and thank you for giving me an opportunity to speak to your audience.
1: Yeah, for sure, absolutely, definitely gonna have you back whenever, whenever you want to come back. You got an open door here, and yeah, thank you again. Thank you for the gems you dropped. Thank you for that mentoring you was hitting me with this whole, this whole time. And for all of our listeners, thank you for for pulling up and joining us for another episode of Stir Crazy. Yeah, we'll we'll talk again. Diverse, we'll be back. <laughs> Diverse, yes, back. sir. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Stir Crazy. Don't forget to follow the podcast at it's Stir it's Crazy, it's crazy it's Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. On Twitter, you can find me it's at, it's it's at it's it's Stir Crazy Pod. This is a completely independent it's it's venture, so it's your it's subscriptions it's and it's donations it's are more than welcome. You can support the podcast with patreon.com slash J.P. Reynolds. Thank you. Peace and power vacation. to you. See you next Tuesday. I don't Peace and power. power. True.